Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money only on Money FM 89.3. Your money always in focus with me Michelle Martin cryptocurrency in focus today investors looking for signals that the largest cryptocurrency by market cap bitcoin could have reached a bottom point is it ready for a rebound well some analysts are predicting that uh, after a rocky start to the year bitcoin could be stabilizing and its price be set to rise. Are crypto and stocks looking increasingly correlated though? Is that leading to a sense of fears, risk fears? And uh, are traders brushing off Bitcoin's plunge or hoping for the best moving forward. And then later on, we'll take a look at Bitcoin ETFs. Are investors fleeing or sticking with Bitcoin ETFs despite crypto's recent slump? Helping me understand 2022, the crypto market for 2022 in focus, at least uh, this week, it's the 18th of January, is VJIR, VP Corporate Development and Global Expansion at Luno. Luno is a cryptocurrency platform platform with over 8 million users. Good morning, Vijay. Morning, Michelle. How are you? Good. Doing well. Tell me, what do you see when you observe Bitcoin's price movements um, from January? Do you think that Bitcoin is moving in tandem with equities? Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me, Michelle. And so as, as we've seen, you know, the start of the year has been a bit kind of uh, almost like a nervous start, if I may say so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think primarily because of two factors, right? Mainly, I think the first one is the Omicron variant. And I think people are still nervous, lots of cases rising globally. Um, so that's one big factor. The other one is the Fed kind of easing quantitative uh, purchases, right, in the US. So I think these two kind of factors weigh in on most risk assets and Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. If you think about it, there's been the, you know, the general message is being kind of uncorrelated with global markets, but increasingly it is treated as a risk on asset and very similar to equity. So we're seeing the pressure of these two kind of factors weigh in. But yeah, uh, we could talk more about what is to be expected in, in 2022 um, as we move along. But yeah, I think it's been under pressure a bit uh, in the first few weeks. Okay, just on this point, you know, crypto proponents have long argued that Bitcoin and other digital assets could be valuable, in, at least in terms of use cases, as hedges against swings in other areas of the financial market. And may, many were comparing it to gold, for example. But we've seen Bitcoin itself subject to its own swings. So do you think this whole idea of Bitcoin as a hedge is flawed? Yeah, you know, we see this argument come up quite a bit, right? And what I would say is uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies generally are still very early. Um, Mm -hmm. And early is obviously a very relative term, right? Uh, Bitcoin has been in the market for about 10 years now. Most of these other cryptocurrencies are a couple of years old. But when you compare it to gold, gold has been there for hundreds of years, right? So if you just think about maturity, um, there's still uh, some a while to go as Bitcoin goes through its kind of cycle and its market cycle and establishes itself. Um, so I think it's a bit early to be uh, commenting on the correlation. I think people are excited by what's possible because Bitcoin is taking away market share from gold increasingly. You know, I, I think it's a wait and watch kind of scenario to see what the correlation pans out to be. But the, the fundamentals do make sense, right? It's a deflationary currency. It's, a, you know, there's only 21 million Bitcoin available. Um, all those factors do make sense. But I think um, TBD on the correlation. 
So one analyst sees stubbornly high inflation numbers and this continuation of negative real interest rates as real market catalysts for Bitcoin. So I want to get your view on this if we come a little closer to what's been happening with Bitcoin since the start of January 2022. We've seen Bitcoin add about 1% since Sunday, dropped 12% in the first week of 2022. Um, This compared with the first week of 2021 when we saw Bitcoin gaining 15% trading above 50,000. So this week's move looks small uh, year on year. But experts say, you know, the market may be turning now. What do you think? Could we be seeing more swings in the days leading to the Fed's first of three or four QE moves this year? Right. First off, you know, what I would do is not compare directly what's happening, the, you know, this early this year versus early last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, you know, it's comp- uh, the scenarios are completely different, right? We're coming off Last year, we came, uh, the Fed was massively increasing its balance sheet. This year, we've seen the complete opposite. The Fed is kind of trying to trim that. So it's a very, very completely different scenario. So I, I wouldn't kind of compare directly. So it's two points, right? One mm-hmm. is the Fed move. I think usually these things are priced in not already because the information is out there. We do know that the Fed will move to, to increase uh, rates. And, and would that um, set Bitcoin up for a move to new highs later in the year? Yes. What I would say, right, is that we've seen Bitcoin consolidate over the past eight months. That's what I. That's how I see it. Uh, we hit, you know, highs of 65K in May. And then we've kind of seen a large consolidation pattern. This is kind of any technical trader would tell you is, is a massive sideways consolidation. Kind of we went down to 30K, we went up to 69K, and now we're up to 42K. 42K, 40-42K is actually a very, very solid base if you look at, you know, the Bitcoin chart. So um, if you ask me, I think given the current scenario, a lot of the negative kind of news has been priced in. We're seeing Bitcoin hold its support level and hopefully we should be going up from here is, is how I would see it. Do you see 40 to 60K as, you know, a band that we're likely to see Bitcoin remain in at least for the, the near term? Possible. Um, I, I would say there's important levels for Bitcoin to kind of conquer mm-hmm. uh, onward from here, right? So we're at 44, like we're at 42k now. The next major level is 45.5, 46k, and then we're talking about 52, 58k. Right? I mean, once we, uh, the thing is, it's important to take it step by step. If Bitcoin closes these levels on a weekly or higher time frame basis, then we're starting to see bullishness as the market accepting these prices um, for Bitcoin. Um, but to your point, yes, we could be, it could be a slow kind of move up. We could be in the 40 to 60K range for the next couple of months. So it's important to remain patient uh, and, and, and have a long-term view on these things as, as usual. Vijayar is VP for Corporate Development and Global Expansion at Luno. Vijay, um, you wrote in your last Luno update on the ProShares Bitcoin Strategy ETF or BITO. Uh, BITO, you said, now holds less than 5,000 CME future contracts for the first time since November and its assets under management has reached its lowest level since October 19th, signaling dwindling interest for Bitcoin exposure through futures-based ETFs. So I want to ask you, do you still see this happening? And where might interest for Bitcoin exposure be shifting to? Right. So I think the, the futures ETF is probably, the, I mean, obviously directly reflecting what we're seeing in the, in the market. So the, the demand and the interest has been lower because prices have been moving lower, right? So it's this typical kind of behavior and scenario that you see. So I think one is that is a direct kind of reflection. Second is 
um, I just think people are taking risk off, right? So it doesn't need to go anywhere. Uh, a lot of that exposure, people might just be sitting in cash or they're waiting to see how markets pan out. Um, then the third point I'd make is that just the, the Bitcoin futures ETF, uh, there's been also a lot of talk that it's not the most cost efficient way to gain exposure. Um, and, and it's because of the rolling nature of these uh, these contracts. Uh, it adds a lot of cost to to, to investors. The, the, the big uh, thing to look forward to is a spot ETF, which hopefully we see this year, uh, that should also give kind of a nice jolt in the price. Uh, and then I think a lot of information is coming out about, the, about this futures ETF and people are taking cognizance of it. And you're probably seeing people take some money off, off, off of the ETF. In anticipation for the spot ETF? Either that or one is their risk off, they're sitting in cash mm-hmm. or they think there's better products out there to be exposed to. Yeah. All right. Let's dig a little deeper into this risk off sentiment. What do you think were other bearish factors that led to the widespread crypto tumble we saw uh, a couple, you know, last year? Right. So I'd go back to the macroeconomic points, right? Uh, and, and just the global kind of pandemic as well. I, I think Generally, people are nervous. Um, you've seen the, the other point, by the way, just to make, make another point is that people are coming off a year with massive returns, right? Mm. So you've seen uh, such a big rise in, in prices across the spectrum in all sorts of asset classes. And it's natural that people take money off the table, right? That's also qu- quite fair. I think that's more the factor. I mean, there's other factors that you can, you know, there was another factor that came off recently, which is around Kazakhstan's uh, internet shutdown and how Bitcoin kind of the price drop based on that. Uh, these are factors that you could take into account, but honestly, I, I, I wouldn't think it's a huge factor in the larger scheme of things. Most of that mining capacity did move elsewhere. It, and internet in Kazakhstan also came back uh, after a while. So I don't think that is a major factor. I would refer to general uncertainty, uh, but now that we're seeing Bitcoin hold its kind of support level, it gives people more confidence to kind of uh, jump back in as you probably, if you see a price spike at some point soon. So Bitcoin has recovered after it dipped below 40,000 earlier in the week. But, you know, some say the rebound is nothing by Bitcoin standards. Craig Earlham, uh, writing for Owanda, saying if Bitcoin can break 45,500, we could see another sharp move higher as beliefs start to grow that the worst of the route is behind us. What do you think? Is is this the point where Bitcoin loses its sparkle or um, do you think it can really reach that 100,000 level by June that some analysts predict it will? Yeah, um, you know, I, I kind of concur with that, right? Um, you know, typically this is quite common in any sort of any market, right? People are bearish usually at the bottom. And, and that is very, you know, natural human behavior. So when prices fall, people are bearish and prices go up, people are euphoric, right? It's, it, the, the trick is to basically do the opposite. And that's such a hard thing to do. So if you think about, I mean, and just going back to the point on, on 45.5K, which is a crucial level, most analysts will tell you that, what Bitcoin is currently now doing is it's consolidating. If you, once you've had a gun a drop that you've seen from 69K to 42K, it takes time for support and bullishness to build up. And that's what we're seeing. It takes time, people need patience. It'll take a few weeks, a few months. It's actually been a f- two months now. So we're we're in good uh, we're in good territory now. But as as the analyst said, uh, once we kind of reach 45.5, I think there's a lot more confidence that'll come into the market. More players come in, more participants, more investors, and you'll see the price rise. And that's that's typically how these markets work. 
So we know the crypto market is very emotional and people tend to get greedy when the market rises and that results in fear of missing out. And then people often sell their coins uh, as an irra- irrational reaction to seeing red numbers. You wrote about the fear and greed index. Let me ask you, is this the crypto fear and greed index? Uh, what were you referring to? Yeah, exactly. So the, the fear and greed index, um, mind you, I think it's, it's a nice kind of index to look at. Um, but I wouldn't definitely wouldn't bet on on that in terms of kind of directing any investing decisions. It's just kind of an index that shows you, um, how, you know, whether people are uh, you know euphoric or are they kind of uh, nervous about the market. So currently, the fear and greed index of Bitcoin is around ten or fifteen, which is basically the lowest level in the past six to eight so months. So just for my listeners, zero means extreme fear, and a hundred yes. means extreme greed. Exactly, and and so in May of last year when Bitcoin was six. If you saw extreme greed, this was at probably 80, 90 or more. So, um, you know, you can Google the fear and greed index for Bitcoin. Uh, and it's a nice way to keep track of market sentiment, but it's one of many factors that you need to look at uh, in terms of kind of, you know, making any decisions. Uh, but yeah, that's where the index is at. And uh, this is basically where you buy, right? Because it's, you buy fear. Uh, that's, uh, it's, it's a Warren Buffett kind of uh, acting as well. Is it still down to 10 or has it moved currently? Where is it now, Vijay? And where do you see it going um, in 2022? Uh, you know, so it, it can only go up, right? I mean, I guess this is probably at its lowest level that we've seen. Uh, it's currently uh, a bit higher. It's at 24. Right. Um, so you can already see it's kind of stabilizing a bit. Uh, but yeah, uh, it could only go higher if you ask me from here. All right. So um, if not the fear and greed index, what are other investment tools that investors can use to strategize their crypto investments, Vijay? Right. Um, so, you know, for the most majority, for the majority of people, I would say, you know, the best strategy is to buy regularly, right? That, and and uh, you probably heard this and many people say this, but that actually is the best way. Starting to time the market is dangerous. People are emotional um, and to take emotion out of an investing decision is extremely hard. So the best way is usually to buy regularly if you're, and, and have a longer term view on an asset class like this, because this is just maturing and there's a long way to go for Bitcoin and most of these other cryptocurrencies, right? But for the traders out there, um, there's a lot, there's lots of tools now that kind of in, help direct how you kind of plan your trading and your investing. Hmm. There's moving average strategies, there's kind of RSI-based strategies, uh, momentum indicators, and so on. Um, and, and it's a quite an exciting kind of uh, area if you think about it. And lots of traditional traders are looking at crypto just because the volatility also is so high and it kind of has much more higher upside and obviously higher downside, then it kind of attracts a lot more traders as well. Interesting. After Bitcoin's weak start to the year, where could it go in 2022? Helping us out today with his opinion, Vijay Iyer, VP for Corporate Development and Global Expansion at Luno. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.